Switchmania Playcast. Welcome to episode 58 of the Switchmania Playcast. The sequel sode. There, see? I did a little JP thing because he's not here and I, I wanted to pay homage to him. Aww. Okay, JP. Okay, JP. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, as you already heard, JP had to take a break. Um, apparently, recording a couple hours is a taxing adventure. <laughs> we said we'd make fun of it. And so it's not enjoyable. Not enjoyable? Yeah, now he's he's over enjoying uh, family time with his um, in-laws, I think, in Pennsylvania or something. Um, so, have fun, JP, and do push-ups. <laughs> Set um, okay, JP. Have fun, JP. Have fun, JP. Um... As always, the Switch Collector is available for sale at switchopedia.com. It goes straight to the store now, by the way, Barry. Um, yes, it does. I noticed yeah. that. Yeah. And all the backlog is up on Anchor now for the Switch Man Playcast. So all the older episodes are now available for everybody to listen to. Um, Switch Collector's been selling crazy, by the way, because I want to thank everybody that's taken their time to post, like, photos and... Um, who was it? Was it Skull? He posted a 35-minute book review? Like, what? That's awesome. <laughs> like, Barry's first reaction was like, hopefully it wasn't bad. I was like, no, dude, it was crazy. Like, you know, I don't ask anybody to post anything. Like, if people want to post stuff, cool. Um, like, and it's, it's ridiculous. I want to say thanks to everyone. I'm trying to get out there to individually, you know, thank everybody that posts. If I miss one, just tag me and talk smack. Say that, um, you know, hey, you're being a jerk and not, not posting, and I'll, I'll go on. <laughs> um, as always, uh, we do appreciate any kind of five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Um, as we always mention, it's an aggregate thing where we pop up. I think we're, we pop up earlier when you type in Nintendo Switch than the Nintendo Power Podcast, which is pretty ridiculous, actually. Um, <laughs> that's insane. That's great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, we do have a listener who came in and talked about, um, their vote for the Dollar Challenge. So you can go to anchor.fm, um, and look us up and record a listener message about the podcast and we'll play it on the air. So you ready to hear, um the newest recording we have one recording and it's a vote and oh god i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go let me see if i can get... i hope this is not too late but after much debate i would vote for jonathan's game under a dollar because it is artistic but quick and easy to complete i really was excited about Jeffrey's title when it was announced in the Nindies but he kind of didn't have as much enthusiasm for it as Jonathan had for his most artistic games are difficult to get into and not really quick to complete so that is why I would vote for Jonathan Barry's said his wasn't quite on par with Jungle Strike and Desert Strike so it was lackluster in comparison thanks guys so that was Jesse Glenn. Uh, <laughs> so as you said, I rack and stack and, and folk. Nope. And by the way, since JP's not here, he's automatically disqualified. Barry wins. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like that too because he, he talked about all of our games. Yeah, so he, that was he, he, that's cool. Um, it's not just they win, boom. Like yeah. like the first time, like last week when he was just like Jeffrey wins, wins, click. Like like he went he he listened to criticism. Good job, Jesse. You know. I'm, all I have to say though, Barry, is I'm I'm disappointed in Jesse because he messaged me and said I'll remember the vote for freedom. Apparently, he forgot about freedom, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> no, but here's the thing though, he's not wrong. Um, the game was cool, but I wasn't super excited about mine. Um, I mean, but if you go off of enthusiasm, JP's like excited about. The, the everything. everything. So that's. <laughs> if we're going off enthusiasm, we're gonna be like, "Oh boy, we like our game." <laughs> I, I really, I was really hoping that someone like actually downloaded the game I chose and actually oh, attempted oh. it. Like, we're <laughs> <laughs> trying to lead them down a path that they can not recover from. Well, ho- hopefully this this week I recoup from last week's I hope so. Dark Souls shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a couple cool ones this week to talk about, and JP's disqualified since he uh, is not here. Doesn't matter if he posts it online; it doesn't count if he doesn't record. <laughs> I didn't see him post anything about it online. Yeah, me neither. So, interestingly enough, right? Um, so yeah, so. Is there anything crazy in the news, Barry? I have one thing that I'd like to talk well, about. Why don't you go first? Because I have a couple. Okay. Mine's um, easy, and it's me on my damn soapbox. So, okay. what do you think about the constant double dipping and re-releases? Uh, the newest one, Samurai Spirits. So, Limited Run only does a limited run for their release. Um, <laughs> for their release. Because now we're going to see Samurai Spirits come out. Uh, I think it was PlayAsia did... You know, Samurai Spirits. Obviously, um, as Barry would mention, I think you mentioned it online, but Samurai Showdown's the one that Run did. Now it's Samurai yeah. Spirits. But being a Neo Geo guy... Well, no, because in Japan, Samurai Showdown's called Samurai Spirits. Exactly. Being a Neo Geo guy, Samurai Spirits is actually the original title. So I would almost want to go with the Samurai Spirits version um, myself, and, and then it's like, alright, so now you have to buy it, if you want to go a certain way, you double dip, um, plus, the box will likely be different, mm-hmm. so the box is a much better quality, actually, because I was watching, I think it was Saru Maru, uh, he does, you know, Saru Plays, he does a live stream every week on Saturdays, which I like to watch when I'm not doing Switchopedia Saturdays, um, and... He was talking about Limited Run's box is kind of like, he doesn't really like it, even though it's the original like style that Fangamer does, is like an original style, I guess it's a little cheaper quality um, than the original AES. And he likes the plastic clamshell with the clip. Um, those are super expensive, but that's what the PlayAsia one is. So it's actually a better quality box, according to like those that are Neo Geo collectors. Um, I always consider that box to be like a homebrew aftermarket or a bootleg box. So like I have Blazing Star uh, that never got a Neo Geo AES release. It was only on arcades. And when a, I, th- I think it was a, a passionate fan made a bunch and sold them on eBay, he used that clamshell. So I always like associate that box with like bootlegs and stuff. Um, but it's like an aftermarket thing. So it's interesting, but what do you think about that? Do you, does it make it less special for the limited run version now that there's another version with the same deluxe special limited edition stuff? Uh, no, because I count that as a different region. 
and and I mean every region has their own thing, so I don't count that as something separate. Uh, especially the use of the keyword there, they have the same stuff. Mm-hmm. I like it when they have the same stuff, so that you you can buy your region and be fine. Uh, my problem is when they have different stuff and other regions get cooler stuff because usually in North America we get the worst collector's editions. In and first then, party, especially. And especially first party. And then it's like, we're great. Now I have to double dip just because I want to get the goodies if it's a series I really care about. Mm-hmm. Um, like Samurai Showdown. As far as I'm concerned, the best version of that is not the Samurai Spirits of Japan or not the limited run. It's, well, I guess the, the collection is, but like going backwards to the previous one, Picks and Love trumped them all. Yeah. And. Isn't that, that crazy that there's three versions and and there's a Picks and Love version of this as well, and and even even the Picks and Love version of the collection I bought and I had to get refunded because the way they did it is here it is we're bringing this out and like 30 minutes after pre-orders went live here limited runs like oh yeah we're doing an American version and I hated that I'm like why why didn't you tell me that beforehand now I had to cancel my order like they purposely waited 30 minutes after pre-orders went live to get that crowd. Especially right after the Samurai Showdown had the exclusive uh, physical version of the, the Neo Geo Pocket color mm-hmm. version. So like everyone's like, oh, we got to get this this version. And they knew what they were doing. So, do I mean, it's, it's that's nitpicky at this point. Like, do you want the Samurai Spirits Japanese name or do you want the Samurai Showdown American name or, or your Western name, I should say. Um, but it really it's depends like, on how you collect. Uh, but are the things becoming less special because now i mean you're not buying it so is well, it less special yeah you're not actually gonna go buy it like you already have it like i so wouldn't, it is I wouldn't buy it anyway yeah i mean it, you wouldn't you would buy it if it was the only release no i would buy the uh, well, if, it, if it was the only release in terms of it didn't get an american yeah. release yeah that's what i'm saying what? so now when we're seeing all this it's like could that company have taken its efforts and move toward the thousands of other games that are on the eShop that don't have a physical release. Because that's my thing. We're, we're seeing this, and they're, they're going towards Samurai Spirits, but there are a slew of amazing games on the eShop, and it's like, all right, now we've seen three deluxe special editions of Samurai Showdown all released from different companies... Um, some people are completionist collectors. I feel for you. I'm not. Um, <laughs> JP and Barry are not. They're going to get their, their, you know, you, like you're getting your copy for the region and the style that you collect, which is awesome. But, like, to me, it's like, it from the outside, it's less special because it's like, well, there's Samurai Spirits. Like, there's already two other versions out there. Okay, cool. Um, people that couldn't get the other two can now get it, um, which is, that's the only benefit to me is that it allows people to actually get the game, which I love. Um, Does it make it less special? Yep. To me, it does, because they could have taken their efforts, because they're a big company, and they could have put out some amazing game, because there's a lot, even Neo Geo games that are in the eShop that could have seen a release. Oh, man, if they did an Arcade Archives Neo Geo collection. Mm. Just saying. Just saying, you can easily do that kind of stuff, and I, I mean, we've seen multi-cart releases from Japan, <laughs> like Kemco. Oh, like come on. Like, well, I mean, even without that, even if they just whoever, like if if ham, I think if Hamster does it, if they uh, did like a menu and they just put all the ROMs into one ROM and just did a, a select menu with all their releases, that would sell gangbusters. Yeah. That would sell like crazy. Even if they charged. 
Like, I don't know what they individually charge, but even if, I don't even know how many games, I think it's like 50 games they're up to. Like, if they did volumes, that would just, it would sell, like, so well. Because so many people love those games. And, well, if you only play digitally, you only collect digitally, you only buy digitally, you're, you're fine. You're, you're playing these games and enjoying them, and that's great. But we're forced to play them digitally. We don't have the option. Put them in physical compilations. SNK, Neo Geo, that stuff always sells. I think that sells uh, on two fronts. I think it sells on the nostalgic people who actually did play it and grow up. And it sells sells on the other nostalgic people who couldn't afford to play it. Maybe played at one MVS, you know, machine at a at a you know bowling alley or some something in their childhood, well, and always wanted to play those games and now can. Just think about the craziness that they could do. Say say they went the let me throw some shade the limited run games mentality where they'll take two digital games that are small that could go on a single cartridge and release them individually. Oh, the Blast Master Zero. They could, yeah, I'm still real, and that's why I took a break, man. Um, and it, the break is ironic when we do this week's pickups, by the way. Um, but, by the way, I will punch my, put my foot in my own mouth. But you could see, like, Hamster could do every single game released individually in shock boxes, and we could recreate the Neo Geo collection on the Switch. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't give money. I'm just saying. Compilations, Hamster. Compilations. Not in yeah. But, like, they could absolutely go that route and even just do series by series. But, like, you could recreate in the same boxes or the, you know, the aftermarket clamshells um, and start recreating the Neo Geo collection in giant, oversized, ridiculous boxes. We're seeing more and more uh, boxes like that come out, and I love those boxes. They're they're cool. Even all the different styles. Like I even like the ones that Limited Run did because I I got the ADK for PS4. Um, and I love those boxes. They're good. They're like I I disagree with Saru when he said that they're not um high quality. I feel like they're amazing. So, and I like that the fan gamer did a little pocket on the inside cover and all that. That was it's pro for me. I love it. Um, I agree. But but. It's like, man, like they they could do all that instead of doing the third release of Samurai Showdown different because, as you said, the Pix and Love version has an extra game in it, so it's already the no, definitive no, that's, edition. That's the of the original Samurai Showdown. Uh huh. Yeah, not the collection, but yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, okay, it's yeah. still one of those things where crossed my know, wires. <laughs> crossed, well, they're both. It's confusing a little, but uh, the whole. So even hopefully like, somebody in the future will put it in a book to unconfuse it. Hopefully. So. Hopefully maybe it'll be a Switch collector. Or <laughs> hopefully the person that's currently confused isn't confused <laughs> when I put it in the book. <laughs> like, like what you said about like, the whole Neo Geo, like recreating that, that sounds exciting. That scares me in terms of space. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that's, wrong. You can but, just get the regulars, though. I mean. <laughs> and, but I think, I think honestly, yeah, I would, I would get the regulars. I think if they did that now, at this point, they would lose sales if they released them individually, even as cool as it is. Because at this point, people are burnt out. And they, mm-hmm. if they did compilations, people would be more excited. Now, if they did this in 2017 when they started, people would have would have been so far in at this point, they would have been buying out of obligation just for the whole set. You know, but we're, look we're at Limited Run, what they did with the Kempco. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people yeah. were annoyed 
that limited run does all the Kemco games separately, especially when the you mentioned it already, the Kemco RPG sets on on the Switch were uh-huh. four in one, four in one cartridge, and you have each individual of these games on a Blu-ray disc for PS4. That's that's <laughs> literally giving a you know 120 dollars plus shipping for something that you could done in, you know, and even 40. if they charge $40 instead of $30 for the collection, like that would have been better. And, and space. Oh my God. Like how many extra PS4 games could I have fit instead of, instead of each individual? But yeah, that's, that, Dude. that's, I think, think going forward, compilations are the way to go. I'm just saying it's, it's crazy. It's something that I've been thinking about is like, like the way ahead and does like could they have taken those at that energy that they put in to release samurai showdown 27 times and did something else and they could have um now of course you know there's agreements and all that stuff but in reality like i would love to see more games that's just me that's i'm always gonna say that though (laughs) always always want more games because i'm selective too Whereas Barry's like, um, I want more games, but please space it out. Space it out. Yes. Space it out. So well, what do you what do you got, Barry, for right, well, well first to go along like to piggyback off of your news. Yeah. Um, there was a little uh, tidbit came out about a particular game. A lot of people like it. Um I didn't really do much for me, but uh, Dead Cells had, mm. was in the news again. And Dead Cells, for those who don't know, was originally released on the Switch. It did have a signature edition as well in Europe and a standard here in America. Mm-hmm. It was then re-released game as the, the action, action Game of the Year edition. And um, that had a DLC voucher code. Well, for some reason, they decided we're going to re-release Dead Cells again as the Prisoner's Edition. But in reality... The Prisoner's Edition has a bunch of extra stuff, but the game itself is the Action Game of the Year Edition version with the <laughs> download code. And and it's not cheap. It's $120. So this is re-released again. It's coming August 25th, so it's not even out yet. It's got the vinyl. It's got a statue. It's got an art card. It's got a certificate. Uh, is this uh, all by the same company? Yeah. Okay. So, so, um... I'm, well, I'm, I'm, not, an, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Okay, keep going down the rabbit hole. Going down the rabbit hole. It has some pins, keychain, all that art book. Yeah, yeah sure. A bunch of goodies. So, um, anyway, so people complained and said, what the heck? You're re-releasing this game again now. Way more expensive. And it's the same stuff. So they announced that they were happy. All three are the same on cartridge? All, all three, the same cartridge. Just the action game of the year has the download code and a voucher. All Bro. same cartridge. But now they announced that the Prisoner's Edition is actually going to have everything on the cart now. They heard everything's on the cart and the disc. They are putting oh. it all together. But they will not release this version separately. So the only way to have the complete Dead Cells game physically <laughs> is to buy the Prisoner's Edition. But as far as I'm aware, I could be wrong. They could change this because they haven't updated any of the graphics. It will still say the Action Game of the Year edition, the same cover, everything like that. So, Uh-oh. going forward, it's going to be really hard to tell without, unless you look in and see a little piece of paper, which version is complete and which version is just has the DLC code and it's the same original release. What do you think of this? Third times the charm re-release, and they had to be people had to complain. So they were listening to the fans now, but they're only doing it in this one hundred and twenty dollar 
uh, pre uh, Prisoner's Edition. See, I like the sediment, but I also am against the sediment, so I'm weird. So I like the idea that they're doing, you know, continuing to print a game that's popular. That's cool. I get the sediment that they want to add value to the reprints, to add a voucher to those that because there's DLC out now, so that way the those that are getting into it at the ground floor now that may not have the DLC get it in the box. Um, cool. And Action Game of the Year is kind of to me like greatest hits, green sleeves on the PS1. Yeah. I'm like not interested unless there's something new on the cartridge. Um, now, listening to people and going, oh, well, let's upgrade the ROM, and it's only available in the multi-hundred dollar version, and it's the same art. Now they're doing the same art instead of it, doing a new it art. Might, it, might, it might be, they might change the art. Like I said, all the artwork if so far. If they're listening, they should. If they're listening, you should change the art so that way, later down the line historians don't have to figure out which version because you have to check the cart like Mario 3 that we were talking about earlier. Um, like, oh, that could be a nightmare. Um, but I do, again, like the sediment for gamers itself, getting everything on the cartridge, all the extra content and everything in that package if you're getting into the game now. Um, I think that's cool. Because I remember originally, like, oh, the action game of the year. Is there anything new on it? No, it's just a voucher. Okay, I'm cool. I already have the game. Um, and I'm not a double dipper unless it's like one of my top five type deal. So it's interesting. I like the sentiment of a company continuing to release a game though, because then it doesn't, you know, create this whole vast gap where people that don't, that like for me, when it comes to some of the newer releases that we've seen that are selling out really quickly, like Mother Russia Bleeds, I was at work, can't get the game now. Um, I'm about to buy it aftermarket if I really want to play it physically. Um, and again, I play things physically because I'm a collector. But I was at work and I can't access the websites when I'm at work. So um, I get it that we the limited run thing that they created works, but... On the other sentiment, I like when companies re-release. The way that they're going about it, though, they're probably going to have to do a standalone. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot more criticism leveraged they against stated, them. They stated that they weren't doing a standalone. <laughs> Why address fans by putting because, this stuff on cart and then going, oh, well, if you want it on cart, now you got to spend 100 Well, I mean, the Prisoner's Edition is mainly for those diehards that want the statue and want everything like that. Um, it is for the, the, the really big fans of Dead Cells. Um, no, you have to be one because if you want the actual definitive cartridge. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't going to buy it. I was like, oh, cool. You know, it's the same thing. I'm not even going to touch this. And now I'm like, fudge. <laughs> I kind of have to because that is the complete game. And that's the whole point of buying physical games is for when the stuff, you know, the eShop eventually goes down and the servers go down. You can still play the complete game and this will be the only way going forward to be able to play the complete game of dead cells so my question for you barry do you keep both versions as a variant or do you get yes. rid of these inferior copy i keep i keep all as a variant however if i ever need space on the shelf uh i'm already having to do this with ps4 i'm going to take a box to put in my storage room and i'm just going to put all all inferior. All, like, double, all double, like, alternate covers. Like, you know, here's the best buy in the limited run cover. I'm going to take one cover and keep it on and one cover and put it in the box to be kept. So there's still part of the collection. Ooh. But just so the then which one makes the cut berry in your collection when, when it comes to that? Do you use the best buy or the limited run? Do you use the I definitive use edition? I like better. 
Ah, cool. so in Dead Cells' case, I would use the the the, the, the complete edition naturally. Okay, but like if it was a time spinner, and I know it has two different versions, yep. you just pick one one looks cooler. Yeah, I would pick which one looks cooler. Cool. So that's how you personalize your collection. That's actually really cool. Yeah, but I don't get rid of the other one because it's still part of the collection. Uh, I would just put it in the box and and have it so that <laughs> hey, you know, down the road if something happens and it's it's part of the collection if I ever have to sell, and if not, uh, it's there. And if I ever get a bigger place, then cool, I can take them out again. <laughs> I just I say bury it, bury it. If it's in a box, bury it's not part of the collection. It's in a box. <laughs> that's actually what my wife tells me with all my stuff that's not in my game room and it's sitting in the garage. She's like, it's not part of your collection. It's in a box. <laughs> it's in the box it's in a box sad and crying right now well if you have a sealed box nes hey just just open it up. put a giant add-on to your house <laughs> <laughs> i want to my wife won't let me i've been trying to i've been trying to build up and build down build Damn out it, mrs barry make it happen <laughs> that's so funny but I do like the way that everybody personalizes their collections, though. That's pretty cool. And basically, it's artistic at that point. So it's your own personal fun. Yeah. As long as it was in this room, I'll just have them all. But that's not the only bit of news. There was um, mm-hmm. two presentations. Um, we talked about limited runs last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was also the Devolver Direct. Yeah, and Devolver's super rare, so... Devolver Direct. Super that rare, no special reserve. See, SRG, I get it backward every freaking time. Mm-hmm. Special so reserve did, games. Did, did, you, did you watch the Devolver Direct? I, d- I did not. <clears throat> so if you've never watched the Devolver Direct, I don't know if you've seen any of their others, um, mm-hmm. they're amazing. And I definitely don't recommend you start with 2020. I actually start, recommend you start with 2017 and go onwards. Because they actually they tell a story. They're telling a story um, throughout each Direct. And it continues, and there's like a recap, and there's a there's a little lead in to next year's at the end of this year's <laughs> stuff. So they're tell, and their story is batshit crazy. It's like half Terminator, half, you know, like I don't know. It's like psychotic and going into people's brains, and and people dying and blowing up and <laughs> assaulting everybody. Oh, it's insane. <clears throat> um, they made a good point this year, though. One of the things they actually did talk about is let's just let's just show off new games. Like, well, well, we don't have these games. It doesn't matter. People will will sit there and they will hype up a game for two years following every little news tiblet or, or trailer and get salivating at it. And then when it finally comes out, they'll rush through it in 30 minutes and move on on to the next thing. So we never have to actually release the game. The hype and the buildup is better than the actual game. So let's just start announcing games. <laughs> and I'm meta like, video. Meta video. Oh, it, oh, it's totally meta. The whole, they're, All their things are meta. Uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Um, but the hype is real. The hype is real. It, it is. So they did show off some games. Um, one for the Switch, but just a quick recap because they don't. They don't only show off a couple games. Um, or two, I think, for the Switch. They they only do show off a couple games. So they do. Uh, Sh- uh, Shadow Warrior Three was announced. Uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout that's on PS4 and, and Steam. Uh, Carrion was showed off again. And that's uh, a Switch where that is um, in the news to piggyback. Uh, limited runs cover was getting criticized because somebody yep. realized that you they all they did was zoom into a portion of the special reserve cover and that's the yep. that's the, the variant. I was like, oh, that's funny. That's funny. What's interesting about Carrion is it's coming to Xbox One, Switch, and PC, and they actually hand Phil Spencer. 
to talk about it. Nice. And he only mentioned the Xbox One and PC. Like, he did not say also Switch out of his mouth, even though the bar said it. He, he refused to say Switch. That's so funny. Like, um, what, what type of game is Carry On? It's like a 2D uh, horror game or reverse horror game where you play the monster. Oh, yeah, that's so, one that I absolutely need to get done. Damn it. <laughs> Try not to buy games, everyone. <laughs> I um, failed this it, week. I failed this week miserably, but I tried. They announced another game called Alija, which is on the Switch and Steam. That's out now. <laughs> it's a 2D action platformer. Cool. Uh, and Serious Sam 4 is coming out for Steam and Stadia in August. <laughs> the Stadia. <Aww. laughs> Stadia. Cute. And then, then they, they ended with the most meta. You talked about being meta. The most meta game ever. Uh, it's called Devolver Land Expo. It's on Steam and it's out now. <laughs> and it's pretty much you get to go around a little expo like an actual convention and run up to like different booths based on all the games they showed off and play little demos and you're also like a, it's like a first person shooter kind of deal <laughs> it's 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 free it's totally free um, <laughs> i think so they were uh, following me in nestmaker for forums like years ago because i was going to do a sequel to black box challenge where you go around and get sucked into a vortex and go to a convention and play games in the convention <laughs> in a nintendo though <laughs> Like well, not, this, this, yeah. This I like, is actually like, quit, quit listening to me, Devolver. Damn it! <laughs> I, I think it's just total meta. It's like, hey, we can't go to That's the convention, awesome. so we're bringing the convention to you. That's really cool. So that was that was on one day. That was on Saturday, I think. And then Sunday, we had the Ubisoft Forward, <clears throat> uh, and and Ubisoft Forward is their the equivalent of like their E3. Um, for me, the biggest takeaway from this, I know I might get criticized, is the fact that there's going to be another Ubisoft forward later in the year. Oh, boy. Um, this, to me, this was everything that you would go into an Ubisoft E3 conference. Like, if you played that bingo card, these are, like, the safe bets. Like, everything safe bet. And they did announce, like, a new uh, one, like one new game or so, but it was nothing like I wanted to see. I was hoping to see maybe Beyond Good and Evil 2, Gods and Monsters, maybe a new Rayman, something like that. They had nothing um, good instead, enough. We got, um, and I don't think any of this is coming to the Switch. Uh, we got Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Lame. We got Watch Dogs Legion, which eh. those are announced. Brawlhalla on mobile, um, which is already on the Switch, but now it's coming mm -hmm. to mobile. Um, Might and Magic Era of Chaos. Mm. Um, Tom Clancy's Elite Squad. Rainbow Six Siege. A new game called Hyperscape. I'm yawning, literally <laughs> yawning right now. Like, Assassin's like, Creed. Uh, like, like, give uh, us some Switch stuff here, people. Uh, and like. they ended with Far Cry 6. Uh, which looked really nice, but again, it's, these are all like the checkbox games. Now, beforehand, they did a iterative releases are great, and there's big fans behind the iterative releases, which means the next Assassin's Creed, the next, <clears throat> yeah, fall, the next everything. But it's like Far Cry, whatever. But it's like, eh, like we get to see weird ports to the Switch, which is what I enjoy because I I can play all that stuff too, and most of it's on Xbox um, Game Pass, so I can play it for free. Um, or the twenty bucks a month or whatever it and, is. And don't get me wrong, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla looks good. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, it looks it, awesome. It's, it's freaking Vikings, it's just, man. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like this is not what I want. Now, now the pre-show, there was a pre-show. Um, I did catch very little bit of it. Just Dance was was shown off there, so they they put that in the pre-show. Yeah, so Wii's getting another game. Great. No. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they showed off Trials, a new uh, new update to Trials, where they're adding like the longest track ever in the history, and it's free. Um, so. That was cool. I, I kind of I was more excited <laughs> cool. about the stuff shown off in the in the pre-show than there was. <laughs> like that trials announcement was more exciting than the entire Ubisoft forward. Um, but there is another one coming later this year. 
um, holiday, so maybe that will have some more stuff I'm looking forward. But that's me. Other people, you know, I'm sure will will look at those games like, oh my god, Far Cry Six. He's got amazing Assassin's Creed, for, you know, Valhalla, like game of the year for me. Watchdog Legion looks kind of cool. Um, I didn't play the first two, but you mm-hmm. know, I doubt I doubt that's going to make it to Switch. That seems very ambitious. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's that was a big thing for news um, this week. Oh, okay. Yeah, like some stuff. Um, I I definitely now have some viewing to do for Devolver, which will be fun. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. They're short. They're like thirty minutes, so it's like two hours. You can get through all four shows, um, and you could like the, the game announcements are the worst part. <laughs> it's it's more for this the actual sketch and the you can see they're having fun. Yeah. And the insults and the shade they throw at gamers, it's great. They get oh away my with God. that. Well, I don't know if they get away with it, but they do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get away with it because they've been doing it for four years now, so clear, and their games are still selling. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It's true. Um, so should we jump into the game of the episode? Yeah, let's do the game of the Man, episode. Man, 30 minutes in, we're like on par. Um, so today's game is Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2. Um, so this is uh, developed by NT Create and released on July 10th. Uh, also available on PS4 and Xbox One. Of course, we played the Nintendo Switch version, and the code was provided to us from NT Creates. It was one of the the funniest things. I think JP actually mentioned it on the cast. It, it was like, yeah, they they offered it to me, and they said, yeah, if you guys don't review it, we just won't ever give you any codes ever again. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, of course I'm gonna play this game. It's in my the original's in my top five. Like, what the heck? Um, ironically, JP's like, okay, I won't be on the episode. Shade, got him. Yeah, got him. Um, <laughs> so um, let's do a little bit of the uh, the wallpaper here. Um, obviously this is the sequel to the spiritual successor to Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. Um, summary: Koji Ir- Igarashi and Inti Creates are back with more retro sword and whip action. Curse of the Moon 2 brings classic 2D action and a dark 8-bit aesthetic together with modern playability. Multi-scenario structure from the previous title returns with an epic news story supervised by Iga himself. Players take control of Zangetsu, a swordsman from the Far East who bears a deep grudge against demonkind and the alchemists who summon them. Zangetsu must battle his way through the demonic stronghold, but he doesn't have to do it alone. Zangetsu can ally himself with a brand new cast of characters he meets along the way to add to the playable roster. Each new character adds a variety of gameplay, options, abilities, and ways to complete the game's many stages. Um, It says you battle through stages filled with fearsome enemies and dangerous traps, each with a massive boss waiting at the end. A chance encounter with a potential ally awaits you after defeating a boss. It's not really chance, it's the first couple of levels. Um, will they serve as a trustworthy partner on your perilous journey? Um, and there's even more in here. But um, So the one thing that's interesting is the original Curse of the Moon. You could kill your allies and just take their power. Um, this game, as far as I can tell, you couldn't kill them. Because um, they just join you after you finish levels. Um, and the multi endings that they had in the original Curse of the Moon are now called episodes. 
So every story is told over the course of multiple episodes. The only the first episode is available at the beginning, but then you unlock more. So like just like in the first Curse of the Moon, Zangetsu does like some kind of sacrifice, or another character does a sacrifice. I'm not gonna really spoil too much, but then you get to play through as three of the characters through the second episode. Then after that, which is what which I, I will spoil, the final episode, it unlocks all three characters from the original game, and you get to play through with seven characters going through the final episode, and you get oh, an, wow. and you get an epic final boss. So each one has a has a, you play through the game a second time, you get a new boss, um, the character that actually sacrifices themselves at the end of episode one. You fight as a boss, uh, sucked in and captured. So it's like weird, like the bad Kinda guy, like the ultimate uh, you know, uh, difficulty in the first game where you had a fight. Mm-hmm. A different boss. Okay. Exactly. And then at the very end, very end, you go to the moon because <laughs> it's Curse of the Moon too. You go to the moon and you fight the infestation and um, that crazy bee-like thing that's been following you around for multiple games. And you get to defeat the ultimate demon, which seems to me it's very conclusive. Like, I don't know if they're going to be doing a third. If they do, it'll be some kind of like prequel or meta thing. But um, very interesting. Um, so for me, uh, played through the first episode. That was my goal. Um, obviously, Curse of the Moon 1 is in my top five. I made yes. a couple perlers from it, um, got two different versions. I love the Tom Dubois. I'm going to say Dubois and mess up his last name. But I like Tom, the original Castlevania artist's box art that Limited Run Games did with their special edition and <clears throat> really rare cover of the original. Um, <laughs> I still can't find it yet. That's the third version that I don't have. Um, and I would get, it's in my top five, I will get variants. Um, but, love it. So, how does part two stack up to the original? Um, being someone who loves to have sequels to their favorite games, I think it's amazing I do feel like, you know, it's more of the same, if that makes any sense. Like, there's a lot of differences. Like, all the new characters are different. Um, you got literally a tank that's a corgi inside of a, a big mech um, that can go invincible. Moves real slow, but can float. Um, you have Dominique, who is kind of a bad guy in Ritual of the Night that we talked about. And mm -hmm. she attacks with a spear and can pogo. She's kind of like old Eric Legere from uh, Castlevania on the Genesis. Yep. Yeah, Bloodlines. And she even has a special move that does the actual jump. <laughs> the crazy hold down and jump from Bloodlines. Um, and... So you have her in there, and then you have this crazy shotgun guy that can snipe and crawl and has, like, no health, <laughs> which is sad. Uh, but also does a kind of, like, a clean Ninja Gaiden-style wall jump that's kind of slow, but it, he can do it. So there are lots of cool stuff that you can do to jump, th to, to play through the game. Um, and ca I was playing it definitely in casual mode because I was absolutely wanting to just play through episode one. Um, I'm probably going to go back and play in veteran um, just to get the old school Castlevania knockback difficulty. Um, it's It literally turns the game into a, 
what I call run and gun, just run through and, and slash your way through, which I love to having to just pace yourself and learn all the enemy patterns uh, because it's a knockback. So you have to like kind of strategically move your way through through it until you memorize all the enemy patterns. Um, it's old school Nintendo though. Uh but absolutely loved it. I've seen criticism online of, oh, it's the same game. Like, I mean, I agree. It's the same game. But I love the first game. So, <laughs> like, okay, I get it. I mean, could they have done stuff to differentiate itself? Sure. But then it wouldn't have been Curse of the Moon 2. They would have called it Bloodstained Retro Revolution or whatever. Like, it would have been something new. It, this is Curse of the Moon 2. I expected it to be another amazing 8-bit Castlevania-style game. I wasn't disappointed. There's so much to it. There's no way in the hell they could have had this on the NES. Um, seven freaking characters, by the way. Um, it's tough enough to press the R button or L button to switch between four characters because I keep forgetting which way to go to get the character I want. Um, imagine seven, Barry. Oh, my God. Like, exciting. you may have gotten through all three, we'll get to your part, but like, oh my god, I could be like, ting, 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 like hitting the button real fast to try to flip through, like, I did not get to episode three, I will, because I'm going to casually play this um, consistently, but uh, is this going to be my game of the year? I don't know, probably not, just because, again, um, now where I will backpedal a bit, um, and we're talking like game of the year, favorite game of the year, all that stuff. It is a sequel. So it doesn't have the punch to the gut impact that I had when I first played Curse of the Moon, which was literally a surprise drop from Ega saying, oh, here's that bonus game we had on Kickstarter. Here it is. And it's freaking Castlevania 3. And it's like, oh my God, I haven't had this experience since the NES. Like... It doesn't have that impact. It's the same parallel that I had when um, we talked about this on VGBS Gaming Podcast. Um, the BS is what you would think it is. But um, <clears throat> when we played Haunted Halloween 85, which is a classic beat-em-up style like River City Ransom. We're like, oh my god, this is amazing what we wanted. And then they released Haunted Halloween 86 that was a good sequel and improved on lots of things. And it just wasn't as impactful as Haunted Halloween 85 was with that initial rush that you got to play in a game you haven't played in a long, long time. So I that's where I'm thinking that you're, anybody that's criticizing this game is like, well, it's not as impactful. Well, it's not going to be. But it is an amazing Castlevania-style game made by one of the originators of Metroidvania. And it shows that indie crates really can do amazing retro-style games that encapsulate what made retro games fun. That's my th my thought. I don't know if it's going to go into my top five just because of that impact, though, Barry. So I, I don't... Like, will it be in my top 40? I mean, that's another hard part because space is limited in my top 40. Like, do I want to replace a unique game with a sequel? Um, the game is amazing, though. I would say it's an A-plus game again. It's just the... You're talking now how great a game is and a game experience is versus the impact it has on the gaming landscape, right? So, to me... Um, I'll save it for my actual final wrap-up, but, like, amazing. Loved it. So, how far did you get, Barry? 
Um, I played through uh, all of episode one. Nice. It took me a little longer than I expected, just because <laughs> <clears throat> I was doing it in bits and pieces. Like I do it an episode, or, you know, a chapter or two, and then I take yeah. a break. Um, it didn't grip me like the first game, mm-hmm. and I think that's just because, like you said, it's it's a very safe sequel. It's more of the same, mm-hmm. which isn't always a bad thing, and it's not a necessarily bad thing. It's just one of those things where it felt like the same game. And and my biggest complaint about the first game was a total nitpick, and I, I totally get it for hardcore mode. I played on casual. Is when you're fighting a boss, <clears throat> one character dies, you gotta go back to the last checkpoint, and yeah. all the rest of the characters are at the same health. So if you didn't beat the boss with all of them at full, and you got close, but one died... You're not going to beat the boss with, you know, two characters at 25% health and one at half health. Like, Isn't that so the th- same criticism you had on the first one? I think so. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what it I'm is. saying. Yeah, yeah, That was yeah. my criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. commit suicide, and they conveniently let you commit suicide right there just to restart. Like, on Kajimo, just, just get us back at the boss checkpoint with everyone full. Save us the time. It's just more of a, a hassle in mm-hmm. that case. Like, I get it in the middle of the stage. Like, all right, that adds to the challenge. Well, and and there's the a little bit of balance because some levels, they'll start you with, like, a bunch of power-ups and then you hit the boss. Other ones, you have to, like, go through a mini stage to get yep. to them. So, like, the the difference of checkpoints is a little little bit um, non-balanced if you're just trying to get right back to the boss. Um, now, that, that being said, challenge is not a bad thing for me. But what, what I would prefer is if one character dies, you just immediately start with the next character, like, right there. It throws you into the next character line. So absolutely, you, especially in casual, away, especially in casual. Yeah, if you're one hit away from killing the boss, and you have you're using one character, and the other three are fine, and you just didn't push R L fast enough, and you die, and now I got to do the whole boss again. Well, let me just switch to the next character and kill it. Especially because these these bosses are cheap, and they have that final finishing move. And if you <laughs> could, if you barely beat the boss, but you don't have enough health to survive it, and you get hit. That is cheap as heck, man. Like, <laughs> I hate that too. And they uh, carried that right over from the first I called that that classic Game Center CX moment where you're like, I beat it, you put your hands up, and then you get killed. <laughs> it's like, no! The very final boss did that to me. Oh. And it was like, oh my god, I, I'm dead. Like, are you kidding me? And I had one pellet of health left. <laughs> like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Like one pellet, I was gonna rage. At also, least they created a story for you, Barry. <laughs> also, on that final boss, uh, there is knockback in casual, um, which I didn't yes. realize. But it's yes. only with one move, and it's with your sniper. And I was I was on one of the platforms, and I was using the sniper, and I was using his special move where he does this like big cannon. Yeah, the big cannon back. one. And I was like, yeah, get him, get him, get him. And I didn't realize I knocked myself off the edge and died. I was like, son of a... <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's a little bit of knockback uh. if you use that move. Pay attention. But overall, yeah, it didn't have the impact. <clears throat> it wasn't that that shadow drop that the first game was. It, uh. was. it was the equivalent of Mario 2 to Mario 1. And I'm not talking... The Mario 2 that Americans got, I'm talking the Mario 2 that you know, Japan got, the lost levels for us. Also, it was, think about it, Barry, like Miriam, who is your whip user, isn't really even available till episode 3, which neither of us actually got to at this playthrough right now. We only got through episode 1. So, like, you don't, even though it's a spiritual successor to Castlevania, spiritual successor to the first game, you don't get that Castlevania nostalgia until you've played the game through two other times. Well... 
<clears throat> in terms of that, yeah, but those the other characters do make up for it. Mm-hmm. And they they, do. there's plenty of Castlevanias where there there is other aspects to them just whip. Well, especially Ega. <laughs> especially Egavania. Yeah, Egavania. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got a lot of games where it just does the Symphony of the Night where you just have a sword the whole time. Yeah. So it is it, definitely if you enjoy the first game, you will enjoy this. But it is the the little nitpicks I have with the first game are still present. I'm sad to see that. Yeah. Um, I really hope that limited run because they've already announced they're releasing it on their LG LRG three. Uh, last episode plug. Um, it, I hope that they use Tom again for the the if they do a retro version. Like they have I don't to. Know why they wouldn't? They have to. Well, Unless he's not. I, I, I would I would say why they wouldn't is that he is a professional artist and he's not cheap. Because <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I went and asked about Tom if like he could work on like a the Switch collector maybe. Um, he's super super not cheap, like out of my budget range, but not out of limited runs because they are limited run games. <laughs> so so will you be buying this physically to put on your shelf? A hundred percent. 100% going to be buying it physically. I'm going to be getting the limited one, and that's where it's going to be like, I got to really pace myself with, with buying games because when stuff like that comes out, I got to get the um, the coolest version. Um, I may not go Blaster Master Zero <laughs> 1 and 2 like on it, but there's not two games, thank goodness. Well, they might they might do a special collector's pack with Curse of the Moon 1 and 2. <laughs> that means they're re-releasing a the game, though. They don't do that. Ah, <laughs> they don't That's do that. They don't do that. They just use their backstock. But <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, this is definitely a day one pre-order. Um, hopefully it's open so I can actually get it. It will be. <laughs> at, least, at least the standard will be. It's a Switch game. Yeah. Well, I remember Curse of the Moon one being in line at Disney and pre-ordering. My wife giving me crap like, "Why are you refreshing a page?" <laughs> like, like that was back in the day when I knew it was gonna sell out, and I got a copy, like in line at I think we were going on the Avatar Experience or something <laughs> at Disney World, and I'm sitting there, sitting there on my phone securing my copy, my special copy of Curse of the Moon one. So. Um, yeah, definitely going to, it's in my top five, Curse of the Moon, and Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is in my top 40, uh, along with it, so, oh, I don't know, will this be the first time I break my own rules, Barry, and I just put Curse of the Moon 2 with Curse of the Moon 1 up on the top five? <laughs> well, they're, they're very similar. They are. They are. So, might be able to get away with it. I mean, we make our collections our own. Are you going to be buying it, Barry? Ah, uh, <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I, I very much enjoyed it for sure. Yeah, and I'm very thankful that uh, Inti Creates was able to provide us code so we can mm-hmm. play it. Uh, you know, before the physical comes out, because you know when when it came out, I, I would be playing it. I didn't play the physical, the first one, because I played the digital because they gave it to me, and when they gave it to me, I, I played it right away. So this was like exciting. It was like a repeat. Like how cool! I'm getting another yeah. one, and I was as Kickstarter backer. It's even even better. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see if they do a sequel to Ritual of the Night, and if they do it in this kind of style as well. Because personally, I liked Ritual of the Night better than Curse of the Moon. I just did. Well, um, it's, I mean, it's the difference between Metroidvania and straight up Castlevania, right? Correct. Like, mm-hmm. so I want to see a Ritual of the Night too. I I hope they don't keep doing these numbered sequels. Though. Like I like different subtitles yeah. like even if this was 
released as something else with a different subtitle, I would have enjoyed it a little bit better. Like I think, mm-hmm. I think adding a two to a subtitle is just kind of lazy in a sense. Like mm-hmm. that'd be like calling Majora's Mask Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time two. <laughs> I mean, the other you know? way they could have done it is instead of just putting a two, they could have called it the Bloodstained Curse of the Moon something. Like yeah. an extra piece on it, and it would have been Revenge a super long title. Or yeah, Requiem or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like they could, and especially how final uh, episode three ends. Because um, obviously, I wanted to watch it because I knew I wouldn't be able to get to it this week. But I wanted to be able to watch it. Like how final it ends at the at the end of the the um the whole thing. It like kind of ends out this series. So uh, hopefully, with bl- the next Bloodstained <clears throat> Ritual of the Night. Uh, style, Metroidvania style, I hope that they just create a new title for it. Like, Bloodstained, blah, blah, blah. Eva and I'm sure, back. I'm sure if there's someone listening right now, because I use Zelda, I just have to address it, they're probably like, oh, well, it's Breath of the Wild too. It's not. They specifically said a sequel to Breath of the Wild's coming. People mm-hmm. just are labeling it Breath of the Wild too. That's not going to be... I would be very shocked if they come out The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild 2. And they could. I wouldn't, would because I'm looking at Super Mario Maker 2 on my shelf right now. Yeah, but if you look at the entire Zelda series, there has never been any Zelda subtitle with a 2. Even if someone says... Well, Wrongberry! Wrongberry! Zelda 2 on the NES. The first <laughs> that's, that's not to a subtitle. That's to the headler. That's Legend of Zelda 2. 2. It's called Zelda 2. Link's Wake. Adventure of Link. Uh, Adventure of Link. That's a subtitle to that. Adventure <laughs> of Link. They used the 2. They used the 2, Barry. <laughs> not a subtitle. Even Four Swords, which is, comes close. They used Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures. <clears throat> the two separate games, they didn't call it 2. Yeah, so, that, was, that was annoying that they did that. Yeah, it, it was only annoying because so many people didn't acknowledge the original Four Swords as its own separate game, which it is, with its own storyline, because they mm-hmm. just looked at it as an add-on. Because you had to play it with multiple people. Yeah, well, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore, but yeah, you had to back in the day. Plus, Four Swords Adventures was such an amazing, basically spir- the first spiritual successor to Link to the Past for the style. It was so good. Oh, my God. Well, second, four, the original Four Swords was that style too because it was released. Well, it was like, linked to the past, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying that like Four Swords Adventures was like its own standalone. Like it was, it was cool. Yeah, but like sure. so, so like, I hate when they do a subtitle too. Mm-hmm. Like it just feels, it feels lazy. It feels like subtitles are supposed to, you know, kind of draw you in. It's like the tag, mm-hmm. like do that. That would be kind of like if they called... I mean, originally it was Infinity War Part 1 and 2 for Avengers, which, again, that's movies. It's a little different. It's two parts of the same story. But they even changed that, and it became Infinity War and Endgame. Those are the subtitles. Mm-hmm. It's not... You know, and I like that. It gives an identity. A two almost feels like this is part of the same. And it really is. Curse of the Moon and Curse of the Moon 2 are really two sides of the same coin. <laughs> Both in like. you know, gameplay and, and all that, so... I guess it works, but it's lazy. <laughs> I mean, even Hollow Knight, they're doing Silk Song. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more of the fun. If they did Hollow Knight 2, <clears throat> that'd be fine because Hollow Knight is the name of the game. It's yeah. not the subtitle. Oh, yeah. And I, I assume... So, so with Hollow Knight Silk Song 2, that would be weird. So with Oxium Verge, when you do Oxium Verge 2, you'll be okay with that. Yeah, because it's the name of the game. It's a sequel okay. to the game. Okay. It's just because the two is two with the Curse of the Moon. It's the yeah, subtitle. Yeah, the, sub, the second subtitle, yeah. I mean, in, in reality, though, like Ritual of the Night and 
Curse of the Moon technically aren't the subtitle. Like, it's the Bloodstains of the Free title. I, I, honestly, that's how I consider Curse of the Moon. It's Curse of the Moon. Um, oh, see, I can't say Curse of the Moon. Cause yeah, well, it's how it's written, too. But, like, the way it, it's, like, tiny text, Bloodstained. And it's like, Curse of the Moon. Now you have Curse of the Moon, too. Like, that's how they're doing it. But, again, like, you have to that's, identify the series at the beginning. It's a weird thing. But that's it how is. they did the Castlevanias. If you look at the old Castlevania art, mm-hmm. Castlevania was smaller. And then, you know, Simon's Quest or Dracula's mm-hmm. Curse was much bigger. Dracula's Curse 3 is what this is. I, I think we should subtitle it like that. Castlevania, Dracula. Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2, uh, Dracula's Quest 3. There Dracula's go. Curse there we go. <laughs> let's just ruin it. Let's Get ruin it. Let's, let's add a plus DX at the end of it, and we call it a day. All right, so let's go with JP's. I liked it a lot. There we go. JP, thank you. <laughs> a plus game. <laughs> I didn't wait, play wait. it, though. I didn't play it, though. It didn't play it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so, spoiler to the pickups, but... Um, the next game we're going to be playing yep. is Paper Mario, the Origami King. And we'll talk about the end of the episode a little bit, um, a little bit about when that's coming. But Paper Mario, the Origami King. So it's going to be fun. Um, since I actually just spoiled a pickup, let's go, want to go to pickups before we go sure, to the Dollar Channel? Okay, so I, uh, yesterday, since we recorded, we actually recorded, uh, on Saturday morning today instead of on Friday night. Quite um, early for you guys. I hope you appreciate it. Yeah. And when the episode episode should come out tonight, I'm going to be at Virtual NerdCon, which I'll mention at the end, today. Um, and I'm revealing my game, uh, which will be revealed by now. So enjoy the Tower of Turmoil on the NES. <laughs> like, it's going to be announced by the time people listen to this. Um, but... Um, I got Paper Mario over at Walmart, and I wore, you know, like, my family wore the masks. Walmart's about to, within this weekend, I think, require everybody to wear masks in there. But there were a whole lot of people still not wearing masks, um, which is crazy to me. Um, my daughter's wearing her mask. I mean, if my 8-year-old can wear her mask, people can wear the damn mask. And that's to protect others from you. Um, I don't know, did I mention it last week, that the classic quote that somebody told me? It would, you might have. But it's like... Substance. It's like wearing pants, Barry. Oh, yeah, that one. It's like wearing pants. If I go and I'm not wearing any pants and I pee all over you, you're going to get pee on you. But if I'm wearing pants and I pee all over the place, it's just going to stay within me, potentially, unless there's a lot of pee. Um, <laughs> but, That's why you're supposed to be wearing pants, too, so that exactly. if any pee does get so out if of if everybody's pants, wearing pants, we're, we're, we're more protected than if... I'm not wearing my, like, for example, if I'm wearing my mask and I cough, it's going to be contained with the, contained within my mask, potentially. So, like, that's the, that's the thing. So that's where I'm like, but I was at Walmart, um, got Paper Mario, and this is where I, like, you know, put my foot in my mouth when I say I'm not buying games, and there were some games on sale. Um, so I picked up Star Wars Pinball for $20. Nice. Yeah, and all brand new, not, you know, brand new in a fake case that we saw posted on the Nintendo Switch. Um, from from uh, GameStop. Um, I also talked with my daughter, and we picked up. We're gonna play it together. SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Nice. So we're gonna be playing that together after I finish up Paper Mario. So I've been wanting to play some like more relaxing style 3D action games. Um, just been in the mood to play one after Xeno. Uh, so it'll be like it's an RPG. It'll be that. 
Um, so games that I got in, and I'm going to end with a classic, by the way, that listeners will enjoy. Um, <laughs> so games I got in, I got in Shadowbug finally. I got in the, the whole slipcase and everything with the coin, uh, which is awesome. So that, so First Press finally started sending out some games. Oh, my God. It's like the end of the world. Mine hasn't um, arrived yet. Yeah. So interestingly, though, I got a triple pack just like you. And I just got Shadowbug in the mail I, with the I, coin. I ordered them all separately as well because I kind of forgot I did the triple pack. <laughs> so I have, I have two copies of everything on the first release. I don't so know my Shadowbug. I ordered Shadowbug individually. I thought I just ordered a triple pack, and I accidentally ordered a whole new world twice. Um, so it's weird that I got this individually. But I haven't opened it yet, but I do like that the slipcases continue. The little picture, anime style. Like anime VHS box set style. And the picture continues on the on the spine. That's really cool. Um, the coin, now I realize, I'm like, what did I do with my whole new world coin? Because it's not with the game. <laughs> I'm like looking. I'm like, where did it go? It's got to be in one of my boxes on my special edition wall. Um, they also sent me a whole new world, the NES soundtrack. Nice. So I put it in my Sharp NES TV uh, yesterday, and I played it. And so you literally put it in. It starts up with music, and you like press up or down, and it'll change the different songs. And it's all on the NES, which is really cool. It's all NES chip tune. So, and there's a, it's a, um, ultra style. So, you know, Konami's other one, ultra, it's an ultra style box. And the manual is like Ninja Turtles ultra release, like TMNT two, where it's the black and white and everything on TMNT one. Actually it's TMNT one. One. Yeah. But really cool. They had an insert with their Kickstarter project blue that's available for the Famicom. Um, so if you want to get project blue on the Famicom, um, and then the funniest thing that I saw, the lineup for winter 2019 <laughs> for, <laughs> for first press games. And you have, uh, Castle of Heart on here, <laughs> yeah, Shadowbug, <coughs> and A Whole New World. <laughs> it's just funny. And they, they already have their fifth game up for pre-order, and this, there's a second game's finally shipping. Rival Megagun, Mukulaka, Psychotic's Agatha Knife, and Psychotic's Mechanina? That's the one that just went up for pre-order, I think, so last there's, week. So that's now seven games total? Well, I'm t- talking the Switch PS4 well, I'm saying, stuff. though, do they have seven games? No, they have six. So is Agatha's Knife and Mecha Nina, are they both two different games? Uh... They're two different logos on the front coming in 2020. So they announced... Rival Megagun Mukulaka and Psychotics Agatha's Knife and Psychotics Mechanina on this winter nineteen ninety and or winter nineteen ninety winter two thousand nineteen little foldout that they have. They have a whole new world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the, the first so far. Yeah. Shadow World. Let me do this. Is shop of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mulaka. Mulaka's part of the third... And Rival Megagun. Rival Megagun, Psychotic, and Mulaka is the, the third... Or the second triple pack. Shadowbug, Whole New World, and Castle Heart is the So you third. said Psychotic, but Psychotics is, Psych- has... Psychotic two- Adventures Origins, it's called. Oh, it's so two, maybe both games, games are on one. Yeah, there we go. So there wasn't anything secret on there. Because I saw that, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to tell Barry on the playcast. Maybe there's a seventh game. Nope, just no. six. 
Yeah, the, the one spoiler that alert. Spoiler uh, alert. Pre-order is psychotic adventure. So it's it's both games in one, which and we then, like. Interestingly, there is a first press picture on here that was released, like a little mini poster that they included, and it's like some girl that's stepping on a little like squid, purple squid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that is. Weird. If it's just a whole new world or. It says it was Tangram Games was the key art by A. Funai. Um, so that's interesting. There's like a little bat. There's bats. There's a cat with a balloon tied around it going, meh. Um, and it's two-sided. Two-sided poster. Um, so that's interesting. I like it. But so, I, so that's what I got from First Press, which actually came in the mail as well. Um, I did get Super Rare. I got the Graceful Explosion Machine in. Nice. From Super Rare. Um, which is cool. And so that's already five Switch games, which I'm not buying games. <laughs> but again, though, I have such a backlog of games pre-ordered that like a lot of this stuff's coming in. Like me going to Walmart where it's put a foot in my mouth. Um, <laughs> the final one, though, which is a good closeout, um, I bought Panty Party. Yay! You finally got it! So, I have the first ten now um, of the East Asia Soft, the play exclusives. You you totally need to listen to that soundtrack. The, the, the theme is awesome. Is it awesome? That's it's ridiculous. Panty party, panty party. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, would I be a bad parent if I gave the, the panties that are in the box to my daughter? <laughs> I don't think they would fit. Probably like not. Tiny. I mean, my daughter is eight. <laughs> like but yeah that's funny um so yeah i have the uh so i have the complete first 10 i just wanted it because it's like number eight i think it is so i was missing that one piece of the the play exclusives um i haven't bought and bought a lot after um ghost blade hd i haven't bought any so i know that there's a few that came out after ghost blade right yeah Oh yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. I think that's where I'm going to end as the top ten for now, and then I'll pick and choose like the most owns type deal going forward in the future. But as I explained it last week, like I'm literally going to be aftermarket collecting with a lot of these, which will be fun because it'll be like, all right, so I have, and it'll be different than like the NES, where it's like, oh no, I have two, over two hundred games, and I'm still going to go back and collect some stuff, and it'll be <laughs> ridiculous because as as we know, like there's over 800 now. Um, <laughs> that's like I only have a, a quarter of the the physical market, which is insane to me. I, there's no way I would go for completion. And you still have more than the majority of people who own a Switch. <laughs> oh yeah, like for sure. And honestly, like we were gonna buy a fourth game at Walmart. Um, I still don't own Splatoon two, oh. um, and my wife wants to play it, so. Um, I'm like, okay. And they didn't have Splatoon 2 at Walmart, of course. Well, maybe maybe next episode you'll be able to add that to your pickups. Yeah, maybe. Like, we'll see. Like, but um, Interesting, though. But it was cool. That's, but that's what I got in. What'd you get in there? Uh, so I don't, I don't have a JP list with like, I got 18 physicals. Um, oh. but I, I, I have, um, so I got 1971 Project Helios finally came in from Europe. Oh, uh, that came in with a nice little slipcover and all that. I like that. 
Uh, Journey to the Savage Planet, Europe. Um, and I only bought that because JP was like, there. I haven't heard the U.S. version is probably not coming out. It was delayed indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll get the European. I do have a feeling this might be a double dip thanks to JP, but, Man, but I got JP. it. Um, I got a Real Mist in the limited run and the Best Buy covers. They both came in, finally. Uh, so that's really cool. I got Hard West, which was only released in Europe, uh, the standard edition. Um, I don't think that's getting a U.S. release. I think uh, that's Badlands. So I think a lot of people <laughs> hate Badlands. <laughs> um, I got my Daylight cover for Horizon Chase Turbo, which was from PM Studios. Um, I got the the Nighttime the first time I, I ordered from them. So they're like, oh yeah, now you could order which one you want. So I got the Daylight, just a variant. Uh, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town came in with my cow, my strawberry cow. Um, that That's a game I'm, I'm looking forward to. I probably won't get to, but I, I'm looking forward to eventually trying it. Uh, Mighty Switch Force Collection from Best Buy, which caused a mini panic for some people. I don't know if you saw this or not. I did, and I wanted to go to Best Buy because this one was only released to Best Buy, right? For uh, I, don't, I think they're also released on their site, but it's up on the website. You can get it on the website. Oh. Yeah, I, just, um, I wanted to go to Best Buy, but I didn't make it out there. We went to Walmart instead. Yeah, people were like, oh, my God, you got to check your Best Buys, check your Best Buys. And like, I was like, oh, I'm lazy. Do I really want to do that right now and go in there? So I decided to, to not. I decided to wait. And if I had to buy it secondhand, I'll buy it secondhand. But I'm sure they'll get it. And, of course, they put it up on their website like two days after everyone panicked about it. So I got it from their website. I didn't have to go <laughs> out. Uh, I got the uh, Kingdoms Majestic came out uh, this week. So I picked that up. I got, didn't get it from NAS, but I got it from Amazon, the Void Terrarium, which is a really weird uh, spelling name if you look at it. It's like T-R-R-L-M with like close, open run close parentheses and semicolon. It, it looks really weird. Um, but I like NAS stuff. Uh, I got the six, Snooker 19 Gold Edition, which unfortunately is DLC on the cart, but it's a variant, so I picked it up. That, that's from Europe. Uh, for those that don't know, Snooker is, is pool. And the last game I got was Paper Mario, Origami King. <laughs> Crazy. Fun. Um, so one thing was, I did start up a little Paper Mario last night. Um, I can't play with my Damon X Machina controllers, because uh, there's a certain thing where you create arms and you got to move the, jo- the, the yeah. motion. I think afterward, though, I paused it, and I think you could turn the motion off. Okay. So I don't. I'm gonna try it out again, and we'll have more to report on the episode. But like, I was like, man, I gotta. I, so I put on the the Joy Cons for the first time in like months on my Switch, and I'm like, man, I don't. I really don't like the travel on the Joy Cons. Um, one piece of news though we didn't talk about: there was an update to the Nintendo Switch yep. console, and you could update your controllers, and it actually fixes a lot of the Joy Con drift. It removed the sensitivity of the Joy-Cons. So, like, my my older Joy-Cons had some really bad drift while my wife was playing on Animal Crossing. We went and we updated each one. So you go into, like, the settings and you go to controllers and you update. And it removed the sensitivity down to the point where the Joy-Con drift is, like, almost nothing now. Wow. Yeah. It is a big deal. Like... I was like, holy crap, like Nintendo just threw that out there, did an update, didn't tell anybody, but if you don't go and manually update your controllers when they're connected to your system, um, it won't work. Like, it doesn't automatically update your controllers. You have to manually do it with each set of Joy-Cons. 
So it is a pretty big game changer now because the Joy-Con drift is almost gone. I, if you have really bad drift, it's probably still going to be there. But they they tone down the sensitivity a lot. That's good. It'll be interesting to see, though, Barry, if it, like, some of these pixel-perfect platformers, if it actually impacts some of the control mechanisms. Because, yeah. I mean, I'll use the D-pad if I have to, but... I'll definitely have to check that because my wife, she's got a drift in one of hers. Yeah, so it may fix a lot of things, which is pretty crazy, actually, if you think about it. Um, but, yeah, it sounds like we got some cool stuff in. Um, Switch Collector's pretty much shipped out, too, um, for for the books... I am now setting all the items out, and I'll be shipping those out soon, so people should start getting in their items <clears throat> within the next week or two. Um, it's a lot, though, to, to sort out. It's a lot of stuff. Um, so should we go over to the dollar challenge? Yes, the under a dollar challenge. <laughs> all right, so who, who wants to go first? Because I don't really care. Um, well, I mean, why don't you go first? Okay. <clears throat> so my game that I got was... Um, normally $7, got it for $0.39, cents, and it's called The Deer God. The Deer Oh, that God. came out physically on the PS4. Okay, well, I didn't know that. So, um, I picked up The Deer God, so. Maybe, and yeah. what's crazy, though, is The Deer God has a Metacritic score of 39 and 3.2 user score, but it is amazing. Like, I don't know why, because it was developed by Synop- Synoptic Studios. Um, it was released in December 21st, 2017 on the Switch. It's actually in the Switch Collector. Yeah, actually, <laughs> it, it, uh, it was PS4 and Vita uh, yeah, from I'd, Red Arcades. Yeah, I had no idea, but <laughs> it got such a bad rap on Metacritic scores. I'm like, oh my god, everybody said it's not worth picking up. Like, no, the game is awesome. So, like, the Dear God is a breathtaking 3D pixel art adventure it's not 3d it's 2d um first of all um that will challenge your religion and your platforming skills it doesn't really challenge religion like you're um essentially a a hunter and you get put into the body of a a deer like it's and you run around as a deer um you survival reincarnate in karma so basically in order to save like you as you're playing and the time goes on in real life your deer actually goes from a little deer to an older deer. Once you become an older deer, you can go near female deers, and they mate, essentially, but you just go near them, and there's a heart that fills up. And once the heart fills up, a little baby deer pops out, uh, but also it saves your progress. So, over there. So, But it's it's really crazy. A lot of people, I can see it, like all the nitpicking that I see, it's just people were frustrated, but it's like a massive game, and it's a Metroidvania-style um, you press a button, you attack. So you just gotta time it so you don't take damage from enemies, and you like you like do a headbutt type attack. And as okay. you go through, you come to puzzles, but nothing is labeled, so it's very, um, very cryptic. But I enjoyed it because like you'll go there, you see this big old deer statue. Like, well, what do I do? Oh, I move this block, and this little root popped out. And I'm like, oh, so a root popped out, and I move the other ones, nothing happened. So I go back and forth come back over to it move the root i move another block oh another root popped up move the one middle root popped up then the deer's statue the lights came on the eyes and now all of a sudden i have a new ability huh and i'm like holy cow it's metroidvania it was like awesome it like completely clicks with me but there is some spots where you're just a deer running in 
the atmosphere. And there's a lot of just like platforming um, we got to watch out for. Uh, it's not really like I saw somebody criticize on Metacritic that there was like blind jumps. There weren't too many blind jumps. Like anytime there was a blind jump, there was you could easily guide yourself to a platform. Like I never fell into anything too crazy. Um, but like just running around, but there's like a lot of spots where you're just running. And so it gives you like you're a deer, <laughs> like you're a deer. And then you come to a spot and it's like, all right, what do I do now? This ladies asking me for this one item somehow she can talk she's talking to the deer that she can't understand which is pretty funny there's a little bit of humor in it um and then you go off to the right for a long time and then you find said item eventually and then you could go back backtrack and then she'll give you a new um a new ability essentially which is pretty crazy it's like and then there's there's certain items that give you like buffs and stuff too like it'll increase your health or increase your power for a temporary time um, I did find a random boss fight that kicked my butt. I was, it was really near the beginning, so oh boy. I'm, I'm going to have to backtrack all the way now that I've powered up, though, and I should be able to fight it, but it's like, kind of like Curse of the Moon 2 style boss fight, but you're a deer and don't have any, <laughs> but you're headbutting, and it's shooting off like crazy, like there's multiple enemies flying around and stuff, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be a character builder. Um, but I literally just left it and I was like, I'll come back to it later because there's no way I'm going to be able there, to memorize Is there any like quick travel or do you have <clears> to <throat> back, completely backtrack all the way? Cause I don't mind backtracking, but I, I like, like even though Metroid has, you know, different yeah. teleport stations and stuff. I haven't found any quick travel yet. Um, and if I do have to back travel, I'm talking, that's going to take like a half hour. Exactly. That, like the game is me. huge. So it is a vast world. But again, though, like the game's beautiful too. It has kind of like the art style of a. I'm trying to think like a game where it's very thin pixels. Like the pixels are very thin, like where the eyes have like single dots and stuff. Okay. So it's, it's like a very minimalistic style. Uh, when you go run through it too, which it's like Nintendo style, or it's, actually it's more like Super Nintendo style, but like to the max with beautiful art. Um, I don't understand why they say challenge your religion. That could be where they got judged, is because they put religion in in the summary, which is weird. Because I get it, like there's a dear God, but in reality, it's all just part of the game's aesthetic. I don't know. I didn't see anything with the religion outside of that. There's a dear God in it. Now, since Red Art did a physical for PS4 and Vita, if they announce, hey, we're also going to you know, use that license and do a physical Switch, is this something you would pick up physically? Oh, absolutely. Like, even though I got it for 30 cents, like, yeah, this game is, is really cool. It's definitely worth preserving on the Switch. Um, I didn't know that, so I'm technically disqualified because I didn't know that it was on PS4 or Vita. Um, I didn't look. I just saw that. it was Because I remember writing about it in the Switch Collector, um, I wonder if I mentioned that, but I remember writing about it, and I'm like, I'm opening it right now. Um, but but I, I remember writing about it, I'm like, ooh, I wanted to actually play this more. Um, and so that, that I was like, well, perfect opportunity with our um, the Playcast with the dollar game. Yep. So now absolutely. I'm gonna now I'm gonna look through and see if I um, wrote down. I don't know exactly what date it was. Uh, December twenty first. So I should be right into excited release date haha december 21st was also when blossom tales was released digitally nice. <clears throat> and tiny metal and guns gore and cannoli 
Um, let's see. I did not know that it was... So I, I, so I, de- I definitely can honestly say that I didn't know because I didn't write about it either, that it was released. See? Uh, when you write, write thousands of reviews, you can never remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. But you cool. Didn't but that is my game. I'm disqualified, so Barry wins. Uh, thank you for listening. No. <laughs> Barry could still have a really bad game. You said you kind of redeemed yourself, but um, could have a really bad game, and then we just have no winners this week. My game is trolling now. Yay! Uh, That's what but, uh, So for me, uh, I went with uh, Classic Games Collection Volume 1, which was put out by Baltaro Games, which should sound familiar. We just did a game by them. <laughs> hmm. Um so this was four ninety nine. It was ninety percent off. It was forty nine cents. Nice. So this is pretty much a, a clubhouse games light. Uh, it's five games. It's not fifty. Mm. So it's a tenth of the games. Um, <laughs> but the reason I went with it is because there's some differences. Uh, some different games that are not included on clubhouse games. Um, first is they have a tic tac toe. They've got checkers. They've got memory which is memory tiles, uh, Gomoku, and then the main selling point for me is what they call Mines, but it's Minesweeper. And ah. I haven't played Minesweeper in a long time, and I'm like, for Fortnite, yeah, I'll, I'll give it you know, for a shot. And it's not perfect in the sense that, like, Minesweeper, I, I don't know how it works with the touchscreen, but I played Docked. But you move over a tile and you, you, you know, push a button to click it. But you could also push, I think, X to switch your markers to mark with a flag, kind of like how it was with with the PC version, you know, left-click, right-click. But what, what annoyed me is that you had to push X to switch markers and then A to mark it. I wish X just did the flag, and then it was like left-click, right-click. It was a, you, had to, you had to make sure you were on the right thing um, so you didn't accidentally click a bomb. That was my one, my one nitpick. Um, otherwise, it played... Just like it, it had di- multiple difficulty levels. Um, it has two-player. It's like you can play tic-tac-toe. You can play you know, checkers against another human. Not Minesweeper, of course. That's a solo game. Um, there's different tiles you can choose. So there's a little bit of like graphical. Like, oh, I want different different icons. Um, the AI was pretty good. Um, tic-tac-toe, we had so many stalemates. Um, Gomoku. I, it was funny. I actually kind of froze up um, the AI on Gomoku because Gomoku, for those that don't know, it's it's pretty much a, a grid game with black and white tiles. I think it think might be also Othello or something similar, um, but there's no flipping in this. So it's it's pretty much Connect 5. It's Connect 5 on a grid. So you only place one piece at a time. Hmm. And the connection could be, you know, anyway, a, you know, horizontal, vertical, diagonal. So you know, you place a piece, they place a piece, you place, etc., and you go until someone gets five. Well, I had a match where we filled up the entire arena pretty much. Like, oh, man. And it was, it was to the point that there was no possible way anyone could win. And instead of instantly calling it a draw, I'd place it, and you would see it sit there and think, and think, and you could tell it was running through its algorithm. Where am I supposed to go? Where am I supposed to go? What, what is the best? And it took like 30 seconds, and I finally just put a piece down like it. It finally found the algorithm that would say, all right, just put a piece here. Um, it was pretty funny that I, I slowed it down. 
to the point that it was it was almost I had a question like did my game just freeze? Um, <laughs> it, it, it literally was just it didn't know what to do because there was no other solution and it was almost like they didn't code in uh, a fail safe for that type of situation. Uh, but no, it it was it was fun. It was casual, super casual. Um, would I recommend this over Clubhouse games? Um, for the variety, no. Clubhouse was better. But if you're just jonesing for some nostalgia, like like I said, I bought it mainly for Minesweeper. Um, just because I haven't played that in a while, and I was, you know, I was like, ah, you know, I'll let me do that. <clears throat> the memory game is just typical memory game with the tiles. You know, you they're all face down. You pull, turn over two, and if they match, you take them away. If they don't, turn them back over and see how fast you can complete it. Uh, I did not play Checkers. It was the only game I did not play in the collection, just because it's Checkers. I mean, <laughs> it's I've played enough Checkers in my life, but overall, I, w- I was very happy with it. Um, for for that cheap too. I mean, for forty nine cents. Um, I got my money's worth, and uh, you know I'm I'm gonna probably go back to it every once in a while just just for Minesweeper alone. Um, I just I just just when you're feeling like I the whole point of it was you have a few minutes to yourself. Let me do, you know play a little something and relax. Um, and I always I like that Minesweeper was always my go-to, and I think a lot of people who grew up, you know, where where Windows 95 first really came in, and of course you know. I, I probably used Windows back in 3.1, but the Windows 95, 95 yeah, collections. You... 95 <laughs> just hit it hard with Solitaire and Minesweeper, and like that was the rage. Like even in school, the kids, oh my god, you play Minesweeper and Solitaire. You know when you had you know computers in school and you could use it for and you would finish your project, you immediately were like oh I can play Solitaire and Minesweeper. Like it was it was so big for us, and I know mm-hmm. for for kids nowadays it's like ah oh, that sucks, but for our generation we enjoyed it. So for the nostalgic, well, all trip, you had, all you had. But for that, well, I played stuff. Oregon Trail as a kid because I'm way older. <laughs> well, I played Oregon Trail as a kid too. Uh, absolutely, where where in the world is Carmen San Diego and on all those educational games we had? Absolutely, number launcher on the Apple II, you know, Math Blaster. Uh, I remember even stuff like Sticky Bear, uh, Sticky Bear Eating, and stuff like that. Though um, the old good old educational games of our youth. But no, mm-hmm. this, this this is a really cool thing. I don't know if there's a volume two. I never actually checked, but uh, if there is, maybe that'll be in my another one if it's under a dollar. Nice. But uh, I did, did definitely did enjoy this. Um, but I don't recommend it over, cl- you know, clubhouse games. But again, at yeah. forty nine cents, it, it, you're getting well, either way though, Barry, you win by default because I didn't realize <laughs> my game was released physically. So <laughs> uh, we we could throw a technicality since JP's not here, so it's actually a little bit of a competition. So, I don't want to win by default. But. <laughs> so, uh, JP loses. We we agree. Great! Yay! <laughs> JP lost. Oh, my God. I love throwing the shade towards the JP. So fun. Um, so, I think that uh, puts a bow on things. We're going to leave JP to do his... He has his uh, site up. He already, on Friday this week, already uploaded his games available for next week. So we won't steal his thunder. But if you go to jpswitchmania.com, you can see all that stuff. Um, otherwise, J- if we do it now, as Barry and I talked about before we recorded, JP's going to do it anyways himself. So, <laughs> and oh, he, Yeah, he might not. I mean, he, he it's a short not. list. You want me to go? I could read the list if you want me to read the list. If you do it like the Micro Machine Man. <laughs> oh God! You're really. <laughs> oh, let's uh, bring this up. Let's well, see. Well, while Barry's pulling that up, I, I am today on Saturday. Um, I'm gonna try to get the episode up today on Saturday as well. Um, I'll be at Virtual Nerd Con, um, which means I'll be at my computer, and but it's like a game 
inside of a computer that you can go to like convention and go around to like different booths. So it's in a program called Verbella, V-I-R-B-E-L-A. But like you go in there, there's a like you get a code to go into the, the actual convention. I think it's a couple bucks to go into the convention. But then there's like a ton of vendors in there because we were I was setting up yesterday, which is why we were recording on Saturday morning instead of Friday night. I was there with 8-Bit Steve, one of my authors, who did the Friday 13th book. And we were setting up, and there's a bunch of vendors in there setting up like we would the night before a con. It was so meta. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and, like, you can go in there, you can type up, like, different, like, things that go up on a poster. And it's like, all right, so I got the, you know, the the Hagen's Alley Summer Sale, $100 for freaking three books plus a CIB NES game, which is Tower of Turmoil, by the way, which I'm going to announce here. Uh, live at the convention, but by the time this episode airs, you're going to know what the game is. Um, yeah, so I'm announcing Tower of Turmoil. I've already sold like 10 copies uh, with without the title being un- announced, which is crazy. Um, and that was just for the combo to get all the stuff. Uh, but I'm going to announce and launch just the CIB only um, here at the convention. And that's going to be actually within like probably 30 minutes to an hour after we start the convention here. The convention starts in a little bit. So I'm going to announce it and post it up. And Barry's like, I want one. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you'll be get first steps, man. <laughs> he already knows what it is. He's on the playcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was me uh, stalling for time, Barry. You got the list up? I got the list up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> stalling for time. Yeah. Okay. So for the new releases and uh, coming out. We got Tuesday, July 21st. We have Ace Angler Fishing Simulation Game from Play Asia. You can get Ugh. the Asian exclusive version. What? Ugh. 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 No, I'm just saying the game. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to react uh, so I don't sidetrack you, which I just did. Oh, okay. You sure <laughs> did. Uh, so we have Fault uh, on the same day. We have Fault Millstone 1 or Milestone 1. It is a regular and a collector's edition. Those are available on Limited Run Games. Um, this is a distributed title, so it is not numbered. It goes live at 12 p.m. Eastern, so make sure to go for it. <laughs> Uh, uh, we also have the great. same day we have Rock of Ages 3 make and break uh, that is on Amazon it comes out then on Wednesday we have Ninjala gets a Japanese release there is a Japanese with a art card kind of want and, that uh, one play it, it kind of looks good yes I agree um, <laughs> so then so then on Thursday July 23rd is a big day it is the special reserve day where we have Ooh. carry on carry on we talked about earlier that comes out on a pre-order basis we also have Gris coming back with the pre-order non-numbered, remember? Uh, Friday, we also have uh, Ancestors Legacy. This is the Asian release. And he puts this in there for me that there will also be a physical release in the U.S. in August. So don't just rush and buy it. Even you though turned into Rob book. Snyder, JP. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Bite his made off um so yeah that 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 is the list that is, that is all for the week <laughs> from jp to rob snyder as you continue to talk <laughs> oh good albert yeah ninjala sounds cool i just i really think that they've got a the way that they focus on them the ninjas they got a u.s release that they yeah. got criticized though it was a pretty poor launch but it looks well fun. it looks like splatoon with ninjas come on and there's a single player. See, if it was online only, it wouldn't be as big of a deal, but yeah. there's a single player. So I'm going to hold off on the Japanese release right now in hopes that they, you know, they add like a, do a U.S. release down the road. I don't think it's going to be rare. Um, yeah. But there's, there's, some, there's some bonuses to it. There's exclusive costumes, accessories, stickers, emotes, 
and 2,000 Jala in-game currency. Yeah. Um, but the the Amazon Japan has an exclusive pre-order bonus, which is a set of art cards. If you if that's up your alley. But uh, yeah, they're also on July 23rd with the uh, special reserve. Not Switch, but uh, my friend Pedro is also going up for PS4 the same day. So that's going to be very busy on special reserve on the 23rd. So be prepared for next Thursday to be crazy. And those go up at 12 p.m. I don't know if I said that. 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, there's also that means at one, probably one the same day I would think with limited run be putting out their um, version of it. Yeah. Because usually they do it the an same day later. but staggered. Like an hour um, later. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not if, if it is, don't fault me. If it's not, don't fault yeah. me. It's not in JP's thing. I absolutely want to get a copy of it. Um, fortunately, because of their own limited practices or special reserve, I'm not really uh, contingent on getting oh, no. the awesome. I'm talking about Carry On. Um, yeah. So fortunately with Carry On, uh, because I missed Mother Russia Bleeds because it sold out so fast while I was at work, I'm like, I'm not really interested in getting the special editions anymore because they, again, the bridge is burned. Um, so so I'm going to just go for the standard, hopefully for their release, though. So I actually just, just reread this. He, he kind of... This is kind of confusing. So it no. is actually... Um, so the limited run is at 12 um, uh-huh. Special reserve is at one, um, so it's reversed. But well, under Gris, he's got listed a limited run. Also has a variant cover at twelve for Gris and special reserve is at one. So yeah, the Gris is not only getting a reprint, but it's actually getting two new yes. covers. Yeah, one limited run, run, one So so the same day at twelve, go to limited run for Carry On and Gris, and then at one, go to special reserves. Just want to clarify. Quad drip I, for Barry. Quad. Oh dip. my god. I said drip. I said drip. A dip. You said drip. You totally Quad said drip. dripping it. Oh, that's his, the tears dripping from Barry's face. Having yes. to freaking buy this game, which is awesome, by the way. Uh, I, I, well, I have it. I've and and I. I love the idea of the art pieces. They did say that you don't have to quadruple dip, though, because they will make the actual printings available. So you can just buy the covers. Interesting. You don't have to buy the games. like they, Because um, Special Reserve has their own podcast, which is pretty fun to listen to. It's like games you deserve. Um, and they mentioned on there, for those that don't want to have to buy the game again because they saw the criticism, they will make the uh, the actual inserts available separately. And I think it's for all versions. So you, should, you shouldn't have to quadruple dip, Barry. You should be able to just well, buy... I kind of have to at least get another one because my wife wants to play Gris. And it's you don't really hard to. I only I only have the first release, and the first release is like two hundred dollars. So it's kind of one of those things where it's better yeah. to buy a digital than to open up a two hundred dollar game. So at this point, I'd be like, oh cool, I'll just get the other cover, and then you could you could open up and play that one. I I one hundred percent disagree, but that's just me. Like <laughs> I would just play the game and not worry about the price. But um, I try not to, but I'm also. I'm also Jewish, so I kind of look and go, okay. <laughs> uh, do I really want to? It's kind of like, for example, I have like Fire Emblem Path of Radiance that I bought, but I bought that back when it was new, and I just uh, never had the time to play it, so my copy is still sealed. That's why like, I love watching uh, Barry and JP um, try to work on deals, <laughs> because they're both Jewish, and they're going back and forth. Like I'm like, oh, it's so funny to watch, because I'm like, I'm like, you guys are, are great. <laughs> 
I, you said it, not me. I'm like, I'm watching now. I'm just enjoying the show because I'm like, why are you guys nickel and diming each other, your friends? <laughs> they can't help it. <laughs> it's that we are. But, it, but it's one of those things where it's like, if I wanted to play that game now, it'd be cheaper for me just to buy a used copy or a disc-only uh, copy oh, yeah. to yeah. open up a sealed copy at this point. You're, so, you're not wrong. And, and that's the thing. Like Now, on the other side, if I had a sealed stadium events, I would play the ROM. Right, yeah, so well, so you course. buy the digital version of Gris is another option too, so. and that well, that's what I said. Normally, I would have just said buy the digital version. We but have it's coming physical, out again, but now we might as well get another. Yeah, yeah exactly. So there's so, options, and that's that's the you know that's something that I hate about this this hobby now, um, is that it's now grown. And some people love it, of course, but I hate like I don't mind my games retaining value. I'm happy mm-hmm. they retain value. I'm even happy they gain some value, of course, but. It sucks when there's a game you just don't get around to playing, and you want. And I say this is a total first world problem, and it's like, huh. oh, now this game's worth like 800 times <laughs> what it was. Now, I, you know, I can't play it. I got to do the digital, and that's where I'm thankful. At least digital's there as an option, but it, it's just funny because it's like, do I even want to touch this? Do I want to open this? Like, mm-hmm. I have a box of PS4 collector's editions and a box of Vita collector's editions that I want. You know, I, that's the only way I bought those games, and I want them on the shelf. But I'm done with collector's editions, and I looked at it, and it's cheaper for me, or it's more efficient for me to try to sell those collector's editions and then rebuy the game to put on my shelf than to just open the collector's editions because some of those have skyrocketed, and it's like, oh man. <laughs> like, well, and just- and where it comes as a smart thing is that you are buying everything. So if you do that, there's more money to get the next games that you need to get too. So it makes sense because you're a completionist collector. Like, yes. like it's 100%. Like, you got to still buy 20, 27,000 games this next week. Like, this, every bad. week. Every yeah. week is chaos, <laughs> man. Like It's just more work. I mean, it's I got games on sale at freaking Walmart and it was $100. Like, yeah. God. Like like Paper Mario went there because it's fifty bucks instead of sixty. Like boom, go to Walmart every time for first party Nintendo because it's ten dollars cheaper. But then they had the deals and there's another fifty dollars for two more games, like twenty and thirty bucks. But that's still a hundred dollars. Yeah. Like, like oh, that's it's it's it's, it's expensive hobby. hobby, and I'm doing it that's, simpler that's why than I you. That's I said total first world problem. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's just one of those things where now when I get a game, you have to check. Like, I have to double-check what is the price by the time I get to a game to see if I should open it or, or what what the story is. And it's so so weird that I never thought about that as a kid. No one did. No one, even Mm-mm. growing up, whatever, new game, boom, opened up. And I'm sure if we kept all our games sealed when we first they got them, be worth it would be worth so much money. But we didn't. But they also wouldn't, if everybody did it, they wouldn't be worth as much. True. It's a double-edged sword. Yep. Because no one would have that nostalgia for it because we didn't grow up, we didn't play it. Yep. So, um... I would say it's about time to put a bow on this episode. Um, so we kind of alluded to it at the beginning, but um, we are going to be taking a small break on traditional episodes. Yes. Uh, we got a bunch of stuff going on, and there's going to be a reason that you all will see. And we mentioned in a couple episodes, JP's been saying something big is coming. Something big is coming, and we will be back, promise, 
We will be back right after the something big happens and we will be talking about it because it's freaking exciting. Um, but in the meantime, um, Barry is going to do some stuff. It may be new stuff. It might be some older interviews, newer interviews, or some game talk or whatever, um, just to, to tide you all over. So that way, yes. you know, next week you got something to listen to. Absolutely. Um, we never we never go away permanently. We got too much stuff. Barry's been recording for years like seven years apparently <laughs> so like it's it's uh he's been recording for years so he, he got some stuff out there for y'all so yeah so i'll, I'll either do you know I, I don't know what i'll do yet um maybe yeah. maybe you guys can let me know if you want me to talk about a particular game or maybe i'll just talk general we'll shoot the shit you know yeah. kind of deal um just get something out there or it'll be another industry talk um that that that, that went well uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people liked that that interview um and, and, we'll and, have and some- people will see listeners will see like why jp's burn <laughs> it's fun yeah. it's fun um but uh it was it's it's super cool and yeah we'll take a small break uh we're not going to be taking a break we're actually got more stuff to do but um <laughs> but as always we appreciate listening um so go to where we find where people can find us um yes. so as always the switch collector is available at hagensalley.com as well as switchopedia.com which now points directly to the store um, the whole archive of Switchmania Playcast and everything is on Anchor.fm. However, Hagensalley.wordpress.com, the old blog, it's all still there. The whole site's still there. It's just not at Hagensalley.com anymore. Go straight to the site. Uh, it makes things easier for people going to get the book because, like, as JP was posting the book or the Hagensalley Summer Sale, which is going on right now, where you can get books fifty percent off. Um, it was easier just to go to Hagensalley.com. So we kind of made that transition. Uh, if people want the playcast to be up there in the future, I can absolutely cross post, but it does go on to Anchor every time, and it goes into all the podcast feeds, such as Apple Podcasts and any other um, podcast repository that you like to listen to. Um, you can find me on social media at Hagen's Alley on Facebook and the Twitter, and at Hagen's Alley Books on Instagram. Barry? You can find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You can find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. And JP, what about you? Oh, well, I have a bunch of giveaways where I've given away some codes today because I'm posting while I'm on my vacation away from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and he is. He's posting consistently on Twitter even when he's supposed to be doing family time with Mrs. JP. Sorry, Mrs. JP. <laughs> But you um, can find him at JP Switch Mania. <laughs> yeah, he is there uh, posting. And he has lots of reviews that go up all the time, which is pretty cool. Um, so uh, we will see you soon with a huge episode. It's going to be yeah. epic. And um, you will see Barry uh, next week. <laughs> In some form or capacity, you'll see me next week. And, and if, if, you, if you have any ideas, please reach out. Reach out on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. Let me know what you want to see if, if you know. If I or, some leave ideas a, or leave a voicemail in Anchor, and we'll I'll play it for well, Barry. He'll, he'll have to play it for me. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely, that works too. And cool. and leave a leave a voice. Any voicemails left on this episode will be played on the our next episode when we truly come back. Yep, and see you later. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>